I am attorney Ernest B. Fenton. Without further ado, we have on the line with us Chicago's very own Mayor Lori Lightfoot. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing very well. How are you this morning? I am good. I'd imagine you've been up already for about two or three hours. So this, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Not quite that long, but been up for a little bit of time. Okay. Listen, all night I've been thinking about, like, what should we what should we talk about? You know, what conversation do we need to have? And I'm going to come out the gate. I know you're accustomed to, you know, um, tough situations. So I'm coming out the gate with the toughest question of them all. So here we go. Which Let's one? Which one? Prince or Michael Jackson? Oh, Prince all day long. <laughs> oh, we have started off that we need some bells. I'm a Prince man myself, so fantastic. I, I mean, listen, you think about the fact that at 18 years of, of age, he had his first big album, and he played every instrument yes. on the album. Yes. I mean, there's no question. There's no question. Now you have started a debate. You have started a debate. You go, you're going to receive emails, letters, all types of stuff. <laughs> Thank you. All righty. So this is what I want to know. How do you, um, how do you prioritize everything that's going on right now? So it, it, let me just put it in scope. The economy, right? The pandemic mm-hmm. and its effect on the economy. And here's the other part, post-COVID economy. I know you have to be yeah. thinking about that. And then we're talking about crime. And then we're talking about the kids going back to school. How do you prioritize? Well, I mean, look, the reality is you have to have multiple priorities at the same time, which is why you have to build a great, smart, dynamic, and innovative staff. You know, what I deal with on a daily basis will shift, but certainly within that group, those are the top priorities for me every single day. And I've got, you know, key people, obviously, that are executing on all the strategies, all the policy issues. You got the superintendent, who's obviously running point on crime fight. You got CEO Janice Jackson, who's running point on education. And I have a team of people that are routinely working on a whole range of economic development um, and and, uh, stimulus um, issues related to our economy, jobs development, supporting small businesses, all of those things need to be moving at the same time because they are all part of the same ecosystem. Right, right. A lot of people, uh, feedback I've been getting is like the crime issue. Like how mm-hmm. do we resolve, I mean, no, there's no resolution per se, but how do we mitigate this crime issue, this eruption? And then what is the, what's driving this eruption of crime? Well, look, I think we're kind of in like the perfect storm in all the bad ways. Um, What is going on now? It's like, look, we know what are the root causes of crime. The root causes of crime are people feeling like they don't have real economic opportunities in their neighborhood, that they don't own the geography under their feet. It's an absence of good-paying jobs. It's an absence of um, good school opportunities. And also in a lot of these neighborhoods, the amenities that we enjoy, that we know are part of a healthy, vibrant neighborhood, they don't exist. You also have to think about the health disparities and life expectancy gaps. All of those things are factoring into driving this crime. When our young men, when our young black men do not feel like their destiny is um, past 20 years old and that their only opportunity is to be on the corner minding somebody else's drug spot, that's a tragedy and a failure. So what we have to continue to do is disrupt 
that pipeline. We've got to give our young men all the resources and opportunity that they need to understand that their destiny isn't on a corner. Their destiny is career or college. And that's years in the making because that's what I think has driven this decades of disinvestment. But we've got to keep uh, making sure that they have hope and opportunity. And that's what we've been doing from day one of my administration. But look, let's be honest. No single mayor, no single administration is going to be able to turn around decades of disinvestment. We have to have everybody, everybody, all hands in to help solve this problem. The faith community, the local businesses hiring these people, and we need to have um, the community-based organizations providing them with support and mentoring. The whole community has to be a part of the strategy and the solution if we're going to save these young men from a, a life of crime and death. Yeah. And, and I understand, like, it's not going to happen overnight. The resources, the disinvestment, historical disinvestment, and everything that's going on externally that's out of, you know, all of our control, i.e. COVID. I think, though, you know, oftentimes it's not what you do, it's how you do what you do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, like, how do you do what you do to make it better? Well, I think you've got to do a couple of things. And let me just let me just highlight the last three weekends, because this never comes out in the headlines. Mm-hmm. The superintendent and the police department have had a very specific targeted strategy in the 11th district on the west side, Austin, West Garfield. Those neighborhoods perennially drive 40 percent plus of our violent crime in the city. If we can make a difference over there, then we're going to make a difference in the entire city. The last three weekends there, and this last weekend in particular, we barely had any shootings or homicides. That is a huge win. So we're going to then bring that strategy to Southside District, to Inglewood, to South Shore, to Roseland. So we are making progress. It's not fast enough. Nobody's satisfied. I'm not. The superintendent's not. But we are now seeing a strategy that is making a difference. But again, in order to really make long and lasting change to hold the gains, we've got to have this all in, uh, all hands on deck strategy. Yeah. I I read something briefly about some investment in the youth center. I think it was that. I can't remember which school it is. Yeah. Teaching, giving young people some type of skills. What, What is that? Listen, those those kinds of opportunities are happening all over the city. You know, through our summer jobs program, we're employing 20,000 young people this summer through uh, the first ever youth service corps. So this is 2000 young people who are going to have the opportunity to do good works in their neighborhoods to help to support our COVID-19 response effort. This is a big deal because we're starting to train those young people to be community health care workers. So we are seeing these things take root. But again, it's going to take some time. But there's community organizations, faith community, doing things to reach our young people, give them productive activities, and help train them with a skill that they can then carry forward for the rest of their lives. So I'm excited about the things that are happening through my shy, my future. If you go to that website, there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of opportunities for young people that are happening across the city. Yeah. Are, Are they hearing us? 
and I think it's sort of a, you know, somewhat on the back of a previous question, but I'm like, we have to meet the young. My belief is that we have to meet the young people where they are to a certain yeah. extent. We also have to bring them where we are. So I think it's like in the middle, right? But to the extent that right. we have you, to go where they are and meet them, yeah. how are we doing that? Look, we're, we're using um, and we're reaching out to, you know, our credible messengers with the youth, the youth themselves. You know, we've, we have had great discussions with the mayor's youth council. We have been um, enlisting um, social media influencers to reach out to those young people. Mm-hmm. We are going to start a campaign this weekend um, with influencers to go into the, the areas that the 18 to 29-year-olds um, are, are uh, navigating on the south side, the west side, the north side. Because what, um, what scares me right now is the uptick in cases in COVID-19. The, the cohort that's driving that is 18 to 29-year-olds all over. Not just white kids on the north side, but black kids, brown kids. We've got to reach them because it's critically important to save their lives and to save the lives of their family members and the other people in the network because that uptick in those cases is real, and we are very deeply concerned about illness and death in that population. Okay, I have to ask this one, the elephant in the room, the feds being um, sent into Chicago by President Donald Trump. How do you feel about that? We we, we have heard a lot of rumors because, as you know, everywhere Donald Trump focuses his gaze, chaos comes. So, you know, we're looking very closely at Portland and what happened there. They put... Um, federal agents on the streets of Portland and arresting people, detaining them without any cause. And obviously that's unconstitutional. They went around the local U.S. attorney, didn't even um, clue him in that this was happening. They didn't make any contact with the local um, city government or the police or the mayor. We're not having that in Chicago. Let me just be clear. And I need to take Donald J. Trump to court I will do so. Now, we have been hearing him change his tune, but again, the proof will be in the pudding. It's, as a former prosecutor, I know that there's value add if you get more resources that are plugged into existing federal law enforcement infrastructure. But to have a secret group of federal agents mm-hmm. deploy in our city, unconnected from those infrastructures and networks, no. We will not do that, yeah. and I will fight him with every tool that we have. Mayor Lightfoot, my daddy taught me something really important. His name is Red from Mississippi. He said, whatever table you're at, make sure you bring more to the table than what you eat. And so here's my contribution to you. I appreciate everything you're doing. I understand the challenge, you know, uh, from my vantage point at the very least. And um, keep doing what you're doing, and um, I-, I wish you great health and spirit. And take care of yourself. Take some time. Listen to some Prince today, okay? <laughs> no, you you already you already got my playlist queued up, man. Thank you very much. All right, thanks I for being on. Thanks for being on. Have a nice day, Mary Lori Lightfoot. People, I am Attorney Ernest B. Fenton.